Welcome to an emergency edition of the official Jets podcast, the Draft Podcast. It is 12.04 a.m. Round one is donezo. So it's day two of the draft. So it's day two of the draft. It is now Friday. Anthony Beck and Eric Coleman in the BetMGM studio alongside Eric Allen. I'm Ethan Greenberg. The Jets picked twice. They didn't stick at 23. Let's start with the number two pick, EA. Let's hear from you first. Quarterback Zach Wilson is, in fact, the selection. Not really a surprise here for the Jets. I would say it wasn't a surprise at all. In fact, we did our Jets 360 mock draft, and we all took Zach Wilson. Of course, Trevor Lawrence going number one overall. And I'll tell you what, guys. A.B., the one thing that stood out to me of the many things that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala said about Zach Wilson was mental house power. <laughs> mental horsepower. It's 1204. Um, <laughs> it, and the guy's a football junkie. For all his athletic gifts, he loves football. Super competitive dude, and he, he just took off last season. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I think we all thought, and everybody kind of knew this was happening, right? So um, it, it's how does the quarterback best fit the system, right? How does he plug in? Which guy is it that, okay, this is what we're going to run. What skill set defines the system we're going to run? And, and clearly it was Zach Wilson for, for this organization. Um, you know, he brings a lot of good things to the table. We, we keep talking about the off-platform throws, and that doesn't happen a ton. It's probably 2% of the passes, but he can make those passes. He, you know, rolling out, bootlegs, all those different things where you're kind of, you know, defenders in your face. He really has a high accuracy rate with those kind of throws. Um, you know, he, he's got tremendous moxie in the bat, as, a, as a quarterback leading the team. He's very confident. He's a bit of a gunslinger. Uh, he takes strategic risk, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, if he's got some players around you, he's going to give you a chance to make a play. So guys like Mims, uh, you know, uh, Corey Davis, I mean, these guys are going to have chances to make plays down the field because he's not going to check it down a lot. He's going to make sure if they're there, and, you know, like I said, I always say, when a receiver's even, he's leaving, he truly believes in that. He's going to give that receiver a chance. So, uh, listen, I'm excited about it, Eric. I mean, when you, when you talk about just the excitement and the buzz and, and kind of, you know, what he's shown on film, how don't you get excited about him? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really exciting when you talk about a gunslinger quarterback who, you know, can make all these throws, but then he has 33 touchdowns and only three interceptions. Yeah. You love to see that. Uh, that means that he's making the right decisions. He's taking care of the football and taking calculated risk. Uh, but as you mentioned, when, when the play does break down, he has the athletic ability to, to improvise, to go out there and make some plays. He, does a, he throws an excellent deep ball. So it's not going to be just the defensive backs jumping short routes. You know, like it's been in the past, where you're not going to take that shot. They're going to take some shots with, with this young quarterback, uh, and he's going to give the, his receivers opportunities to make plays down the field. And we all know this is a big play league. You have to score points, and this is the right guy to lead this team and put, on, put, put some points on the board. And he's an athletic runner. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want your quarterback running a ton, but when he does run, he doesn't take shots. Yeah. You know, when I watch Trey Lance play, he kind of like draws contact and puts his body in harm's way. You cannot do that in the league. So if you're a good, fast, athletic runner as well and can get, you know, third and fours and scramble and get those big plays with your legs without taking hits, again, that's another part of that being, you know, a dangerous weapon at the quarterback position. Yeah. Ten rushing touchdowns last year for Zach Wilson. 33 passing touchdowns, just three interceptions. 
and really a pain in the rear end as a defender when you can make all those kind of throws off platform out of the pocket extending the, the play and I, I like a couple things what I heard from Joe Douglas and I'm curious EA what you thought when Joe Douglas says obviously you mentioned the mental horsepower yeah. awesome term love that but oh yeah it's a 10 star oh yeah no doubt but how about not a five star 10 star what's the definition of that by the way mental guys? horsepower <laughs> I, I, I mean think i think i've never heard it before i think it's he outstanding thinks, he thinks oh, really he, hard i, I, don't I mean know i just you know like <laughs> but it's awesome i i think it i think it means like mental recall and the ability to i guess what joe douglas was talking about was when they met with zach wilson on the different zoom meetings his ability to recall the film that they put up either from byu or whatever it was he processes quick he's yeah. a, he's a football junkie and they just think that you know th this guy is you know he's an honor student as far as football right. is concerned. Well, what do you what do you all think about this nickname i was watching qb 21 with kirk kirk herb street yep. the other week and he had all all the guys on there including zach wilson and he called him the baby face assassin i like it I mean, he does have a baby face. I mean, <laughs> he, he he's a good-looking kid. I mean, you know, he, he's got like 36 uh, cousins or, you know, he's just the whole family was, uh, you know, uh, part of the celebration, man. I, I mean, look, it, he looks young. He is young. I mean, let's, let's not lie about it. I mean, this is a, a young. Years old. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's, uh, you know, he, but he, listen, he's, he's got, he's played a lot of football now. I mean, this isn't his first year. This is his first big year, but he's played a lot of games at BYU and, uh, Again, you, you see some of these clips, man. He just, you know, extending plays. I mean, this is the NFL, man, now. It's, you know, there's one guy right now that does it from the pocket, period, in the NFL. It's Tom Brady. That's it. He's the only guy. So after that, it's like, what else you got to offer? And you see the quick release. Uh, I love his release. I think that's huge, you know, because when you make a decision to make a throw in tight windows, you better get it out quickly because, you know, DBs are just, they're super fast. Yep. You know, they're not afraid to take chances. And, you know, he's a guy that you're going to need to have that strong e, arm. E, the biggest knock on him, and I want to get both of your thoughts, because both of you guys went to small schools, West Virginia, Washington State. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody, everybody talks about the level of competition, right, mm -hmm. at BYU and also the one-year production because – Fellas, entering the 2020 season, there were people wondering if he was going to be the starting quarterback at BYU. So do you have any concerns about what some have talked about in terms of the level of competition? And two, the production off the charts last year and the year prior was not on the same level. Well, no, I don't have any concerns about his level of competition. Uh, he played against plenty of, of top programs and performed at a high level. I mean, when I, when I look at a quarterback, when you look at these guys making these decisions, you're looking at their decision-making. How do they yeah. get the ball out? Um, you know, do they anticipate correctly? Because you, you just said something about it. In the NFL, the defensive backs are so athletic and so quick that you have to throw your receivers open. And, and I see that on film. He's throwing his receivers open. He's giving his receivers a chance to run with the ball after they make the catch. And these are all things that you can't really coach. It doesn't matter what level you're playing against. Uh, but but I, I think that the transition is going to be great. He's made, he made he jumped leaps and bounds last year. That shows me mental maturity, you yeah. know, that he, he understands it. He gets it. He understands why I was making those mistakes. I'm going to learn from him. I'm going to continue to get better. And he played a lights out season this past year. Yeah, it's you know, an interesting question about competition. I think that it may be split across the league how, how maybe organizations look at that. I mean, I could definitely see how you may be concerned about, okay, 
who did he play against? You know, it's just, you know, the DBs at, you know, uh, uh, you know, at a directional school. Yeah, UTEP <laughs> at UTEP yeah. may not be the same DBs as Alabama. Clearly, right? It's not. It's not. It's it's different. Um, but I, I think we also know that there's been really good quarterbacks come from smaller schools. You know, Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, another quarterback from that, that's come from there. Uh, you look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen you know, small yeah. uh, small school. Big Joe's Ben. Big Ben went Miami of Ohio. I mean, so there's there's examples out there, and, and the competition was he can't control his schedule or who they play, but you know he, he had a lot of pressure on him. There, there was every week they're always you know are they going to win them all? You know who they're going to play? You know they're, they're going across country and playing Coastal Carolina last second and getting a game swing, going on the road. It was a tough game for him, but you know Coastal Carolina was a pretty good team, but you know maybe didn't play great in that game, but you know he did some things again that. Um, you know, throughout his entire career that just stuck out and, every single week. Yeah, and Ethan, I'd just like to get your thoughts on it. The reason I don't buy the argument is because, okay, well, Mac Jones got selected by the New England Patriots in the first round while he was playing with pros everywhere. Well, <laughs> you know, Zach Wilson's not playing with pros every Saturday right. at BYU. You only can play with who you play with. Well, well, Joe Douglas was asked this exact question, and his example that he brought up was Steve McNair. Alcorn State, and he was saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's out of your control. And then he mentioned in 2019, Zach Wilson beat Tennessee on the road. He beat USC. He beat Boise State. They were ranked at the time. So uh, there were examples there where it wasn't the murderer's row competition of the SEC, but there were some examples where you saw Zach Wilson play you know, better talent than what was in his conference. And, and I, I think that what we've talked about so much leading up to today is – what happens next is so important, the development of each player, and that's going, to be, that's going to be the case with Zach Wilson. And, you know, I think really what got me excited about this draft, not, not only was the Zach Wilson pick, it was really pick 14, Elijah Vera Tucker. And everyone was talking, you know, are the Jets going to trade up? Are they going to trade back? Joe Douglas says, we got the ammo. We're getting this guy. He called Elijah Vera Tucker a top 10 player on the Jets' board. And – all four of us on the draft countdown show talked about playmakers versus protection. Anthony and I chose Landon Dickerson at 23. We didn't project any trades, but in this case scenario, Anthony, the Jets go Elijah Vera Tucker. What do you think about him? I mean, you know, the kids we talked about his versatility. You know, he's strong. He's tough. He's got great feet. Um, you know, I love him in space as well. You know, very rarely do you see a combination of a guy that, you know, can move and be agile, left to right, back and forth, but yet still bring toughness, finish, um, you know, lead blocker kind of mentality. Uh, he said it in his interview, he's a finisher. He's a guy that wants to put a guy into the dirt, into the ground. Uh, you know, th- those are all key attributes you want. That's a Joe Douglas guy, in my opinion, those kind of words coming out of an offensive lineman's mouth. Um, and, you know, listen, he, you know, pass protection, is going to be key as well. You know, the inside pressure that teams bring, uh, in particular this, the, this very division, you know, the way to stop quarterbacks is, you know, now that they, the fact that they can step up with outside pressure, mm-hmm. you got to have somebody in their face that can get you off, uh, off your point. And uh, when you do that, sometimes some bad things happen. So now that you have that kind of that front, and I, I love McGovern, had a nice season last year. I think, you know, he, he gives you that support. And then, and of course, what you've built up front you know, you give your quarterback now 
enough time to throw from the pocket instead of off-platform stuff, which, you know, we keep talking about. But, you know, you want to throw from the pocket. That's where you win football games in this league. And, you know, if you solidify that, that V right, right in the middle for your quarterback, I'm, I'm telling you, 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 got, you got some chances to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I love, you know, hearing about his attitude. You know, the, the way that he approaches the game and putting guys in the dirt. You know, it's not about just doing your job. It's not about just, you know, protecting the quarterback, dropping back. He's trying to bury guys. Yeah. He's trying to embarrass people, and he's trying to, to – he plays with a lot of violence. And playing that offensive line, it's all about attitude and effort. You know, he, obviously he has the mental capacity to handle all the blitz packages, the, um, you know, all the, all the different twists and all, all that stuff that's going to come with the game, and he'll continue to grow with that. But that attitude, I love it. You know, he has the physical tools. He has the tenacity. And you add a couple of guys like that on this offensive line, it's contagious. They become a violent unit. You run the ball effectively. That sets up play action. And now you're talking about a lot of big plays. Your quarterback's clean, and you're putting points on the board. I like the versatility, fellas. They ask him to go play tackle. We see a lot of guys on the college level who are standouts at tackle, and they move them inside. And Ethan and I talked about this in the pre-draft process. Here's a guy who was stellar on the interior. And then they said, go play left tackle. And he did it at an elite level. Now, Greens, you have a potentially dominant left side if you opt to put Vera Tucker at left guard. We saw what Beckton can do at left tackle. And now, guys, on a larger scale, the Jets, for years, you could say, maybe they didn't pay attention to the offensive line. Well, that certainly has changed now with Joe Douglas in charge. The number one draft pick for Joe Douglas overall, first draft, Kai Beckton. Then he not only grabs a quarterback in his second draft, but he adds to the offensive line again in round one. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of draft analysts all thought Vera Tucker was a top 15 prospect, and the Jets made that move. And I'm curious what you all think of the trade itself, mm -hmm. because the Jets move up nine spots from 23 to 14. They give up both third-round picks, 66 and 86. They get the compensatory selection from the Vikings in round four, pick number 143. So now moving forward, the Jets have 34, the second pick in the second round. Then they don't pick again till 107. Then they have 143. They have two picks in the fifth round and round out the draft as it stands with two picks in the sixth round. So, e Coleman, let's start with you. Uh, what do you make of the trade now that we know not only who the Jets got but how the rest of the draft shapes up because there's a hole there between rounds two and four, but the Jets also still have a lot of ammunition. Well, I mean, first of all, pick 143, that's when you're going to get your, your key players. That's when I was drafted at pick 143, so. There you wow. go. Ah, there he <laughs> goes. There he goes. I was wondering where he was going that. Oh, yeah. He thought about yeah. that all himself gonna, right there. You're going to get it. in the morning, I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah you're going to get players. some of play out of that player. Value Whoever's there, come on now. <laughs> 11 years, <laughs> potentially, of value. There had to be something there. I thought he was losing. Maybe he's got to get a no, nap but, or something. You know what? I, I thought it was a smart move. I mean, the Jets accumulated a lot of draft picks. And, you know, it's better to get quantity, or excuse me, quality, quality yeah. over quantity, as you talked about before the show. We did. I, you know, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, we're going to get 10 draft picks. Well, you can't get 10 draft picks, right? you you rather have, you know, you don't want four back-end guys that may not make the team. You want, like, five or six really good players that are going to make the roster and are going to contribute to your football team. Right. So, uh, look, there's a value board, right? I mean, 
if you like a guy and you think, look, he's a top 15, top 14 pick, there's a value for that player as far as what you're willing to trade. You switch the first round picks, obviously, and then you got to, you know, give up some of your ammo that you've built up through acquisitions and trades and, and all that stuff. So I like it, man. You got to get players. You know, when you look at a draft every single year for, with teams, if you can hit on just two guys and they may have six, seven picks, that's a win, right? Yeah. No one's going to really care about anything else. You got to hit in the first, second. So if they can hit in first, second, and then, of course, get into the next two picks and, and have some, some guys that can really contribute, and you still have the ability to move up. It's not sealed in stone, right? You still have picks that you can, if you want to, you can kind of get yourself even higher. So uh, I, I like what they did. You got to get the guys that you, you say, you know what, we, we want this guy. And they felt like Tucker was that, Vera, uh, Vera Tucker was that guy, and they got him. I almost wonder now, fellas, if this was the play all, all along. That right. Joe had in his mind that, yeah, I got a good idea. I have a lot of ammunition. I have a lot of capital that, yeah, I, I'm going to go Let's, up. Well, okay, so I, I didn't think about what was just said about you know, about what Anthony said. The amount of picks, two in rounds, four, five, six, you could go – back up into, let's say, round three. My thought process was, would you trade down from 34 and try to get a, an extra third? But I, I like the way of going up because I just think that's that the Jets have a, good, a premium pick at 34. And with that being said, yeah, okay, the first okay. round is over. <laughs> I want to get into who everyone thinks is in play there, or more importantly, like who would be your selection at 34? Okay, so I'm going to read off a, a few names for these guys, and we'll start with E. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Trayvon Mulrick from TCU, uh, TCU. You don't need a safety. You do have Javante Williams out there, the running back from Are you looking no at uh, Jeremiah's North Carolina. Uh, yep. Uh, Elijah Moore from Mississippi. Um, Aziz Ajalari. Yep, yep. The Edge from Georgia is still out there. Nick right. Bolton, uh, linebacker. Tevin Jenkins, I mean, probably Tevin, not. Tevin Jenkins, Asante Samuel, Landon Dickerson. I right. think that's a good starting point. Any of those yeah. names. You're going to have an option well, on all those guys. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. You know, because I you're sitting there at the second pick in, in the second round right yeah. now. Well, you know, the, the one that jumped out, well, obviously I've been talking about Asante Samuel mm. Jr., mm -hmm. um, you know, all, you know, this whole process. <laughs> but the linebacker out of Notre Dame, who's a kind of a, a hybrid, strong safety, linebacker. Uh, you know, you add him into this 4-3 defense. I, I think that that both Sideline to sideline yes. guy. Kind of playmaker. Eraser kind of dude, right? I mean, like, put him in space. Mm -hmm. You know. You can I, cover I, tight ends. Yeah, I, I, th I think you know, it's hard to cover tight ends these days. <laughs> you know, I, I would say this. I mean, I would say, yeah, you got to go. I mean, there's some good defensive <laughs> players there, man. I mean, Perkins from o Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? There's He's a ton there. of dudes that, you know, can play off the ball, which is, like, key, right? Because you know you want pass rushers at the line, but if you can play in space, make tackles, and then bring them in certain pass rush situations as well, versatile players like you talked about, the kid out of Notre Dame, I mean, it's something to think about. So, so you guys are thinking linebacker. It feels like you're both leaning defense. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Maybe corner because you like Samuel. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a corner. Uh, you know, that linebacker position, I mean, you need to add some depth there. You know, so that's something that they may want to address. You know, that, that helps you on special teams. Yeah. You know, it helps you in all facets of the game. So, 
Uh, I think you can't lose with the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Well, I'm not going to butcher you? his name. Uh, I was, yeah. I was just going to ask you. I'm, I'm, I'm still sticking on the offensive side of the ball. And, and are you going receiver like Elijah Moore? Uh, Listen, both of the Moors can play. Javante Williams also. Yes, I don't know if Javante Williams is the play there, um, but I, I do like getting another guy who can do damage with the ball in his hands. Right. You're, remember, how did we get to this spot, right? The Jets drafted Sam Darnold three years ago, and then people said, hey, you didn't do enough around them. And Joe Douglas even said that as well, and he shouldn't take most of the blame for that because he was only here at the tail end of Sam Darnold's tenure. But the point is, with Zach Wilson, now you have the young quarterback. you got to set him up for success. And I, I don't know. I think linebacker is a position you can address later in the draft. That's right. where I'm at. And Like Jabril Cox? Yeah, maybe. LSU, sure. Pete yeah, Warner, yeah. Ohio State. There's yeah. some names there. I, I'm just thinking play. I'm, I'm still thinking maybe this is where you go playmaker. Yeah, I could see. I see both sides of the ball, no pun intended. But my gut tells me offense because mm. of what you kind of laid out and it feels like when Sam Darnold got traded everyone was saying well you know the timing wasn't right and everybody and and he wasn't aligned with playmakers protection it feels like that will not be the case for Zach Wilson so that that's what I'm going to say there and I just want to go around the horn real quick we'll start with EC AB EA and then me you can either give your favorite draft pick of the night non-jets or your biggest surprise mm. that one had your head uh, spinning the other way. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, mine is easy. It's uh, Micah Parsons going to yeah. Dallas. I mean, you, you mix him with with Jalen Smith, and that's a lot of speed, a lot of power. Um, you know, on that second level of your defense. So I thought that was a great pick by the Cowboys, and, and they just, you know, with Sean Lee retiring, uh, that just bolsters up your defense. You know, I, I think the interesting pick to me was both Clemson stars going to Jacksonville, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you, you might as well have brought the offensive coordinator over uh, as well. I mean, it would have been made a lot of sense, but um, and, and I think Justin Fields, the Chicago, Chicago yeah. trading up uh, to get uh, Justin Fields, you know, how many, a couple years ago they get Trubisky, doesn't pan out, and they bring Andy Dalton in, and, and then uh, all of a sudden, bam, they, they got a guy that falls in their lap through a trade, so, you know, look, uh, and and look at our division. Like, how young are the quarterbacks yeah. in, the, in in our division right now when you talk about across the board? So, look, man, it's a race. It's a rat race. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, man, I, I think the Jets uh, can continue to build, uh, the, you know, these next couple of days. I love what the Jets did. I, I love uh, Douglas's plan, and he's following it to a T, is that he's going to set up his young quarterback for success down the line. Uh, uh, the movement there – you knew he had the flexibility and he attacked. And this is a guy who fits the prototype of a Joe Douglas lineman. Like we, we talk about him being a mauler and him getting after people and not sitting back. And Vera Tucker, I'm just thinking about the combination potentially you could have with him and Becton. And then, fellas, Anthony just talked about the AFC East. I like what the Dolphins did. And that pains me to say that. Waddle's a guy who is an explosive playmaker, okay, who played with Tua at Alabama. And then what they did was they addressed the edge position. So while the Jets got better on the offensive line, you saw Miami go Jalen Phillips. You saw the Buffalo Bills go Gregory Rousseau. And then, sure enough, 
New England sits there, doesn't move, and they take a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like what the Ravens did, 27 Rashad Bateman. I mean, we've talked about yep. him a little bit, but I think adding a playmaker for Lamar Jackson, you know, is I think that can only bode well for them. The other one that stood out to me uh, that I liked was Rashawn Slater to the Chargers. I mean, think about what the, they did to protect Justin Herbert. They signed Corey Lindsley in the offseason. You add a young guy in Rashawn Slater. So those are the two that stood out to me. And the four of us will be back tomorrow night. And I'm saying tomorrow because it'll probably be about the same time. And so it'll be Saturday morning. But AB's got an early tea time tomorrow. Yeah, well. Yes, he I does. Do. And so he, hopefully, he, he shoots as well. Guys, as we Joe got Douglas one does. pick right now on the bot on the on the <laughs> docket. So we may be knocking this thing out like you know nine o'clock. You know when, when it is all said yeah, and that's done. Fair. So. Yeah, touche, touche. And E. Coleman's got a cigar waiting for him at the hotel. And that's uh, he does. Yeah, and that is our cue to get out of here. That was the emergency draft official Jets podcast, the draft podcast presented by Pepsi. We're here all weekend long, so be sure to stay tuned.